Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. In the summer of 2021, my next guest found himself publishing the first edition of a book called Where Is My Office? It was a time when working from home was compulsory for all those dark days of offices were all empty. Two years on from that, Chris Kane has just published the post-pandemic edition of the same book. Um, has our view of what is an office fundamentally changed in three years? And I'm delighted to say Chris joins me now. Chris, you're very welcome to the programme. Good morning, Bobby, and lovely to be with you. Now, thanks for joining us again, and a lot has happened uh, since you wrote the first book. But do you still see, uh, are you still happy with the idea of work being sort of what we do rather than where we go? Is that the fundamental sort of premise to the book? Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, if you look at where we are today and all the commentary about work from home and hybrid and blended, in reality, nobody knows anything because some of your previous guests this morning talked about the huge changes with technology, how Ireland is confounding all its critics and how how the economy is performing and how economists love to talk about um, recession and the like. What's happening in the world of offices? It's a bit like that, uh, I suppose, that quote from um, Juno on the Paycock in terms of the whole property world is in a terrible state of chassis at the moment because what was a a clear, easy-to-define model which was based upon medieval working practices has now been thrown head over heels because I was reading uh, the Irish Times earlier this morning and uh, Jennifer O'Connell was doing something a bit about the... uh, about the the recent census results and you know in 2016 there wasn't a question about hybrid work and now there is because whether it's ireland whether it's britain whether it's the us all over the world the way we can do office work has fundamentally changed and we have another um, big issue and that everyone now is exercising choice and if you look at, you know, we were brought up in an era of get a secure job and clock in the hours Monday to Friday and it'll be all right. You know, look at Ireland taking part in a trial of the four day working week and some other people are saying nine day working week. And what I was trying to do as somebody from the property world was try to make sense of all of this stuff uh, and how we in the property world make smarter use of the built environment and also provide a, a better product to what is a... Uh, a fast-moving situation. Well, let me just, and that's why I was interested to have you on today, Chris, because I'm actually, I'm absolutely staggered that the the negative effect on rental property doesn't seem to have happened yet. Well, I, I I see there are signs of it, but I'm still seeing corporations paying rents on big office spaces with nobody going into them or or handfuls of people going into them. That isn't sustainable. It's not. And that's what I tried to do in the book initially. And what I've done in the second edition is actually laid out a manifesto because even by my wildly outlier type views, um, I didn't think that the pandemic would unleash such change. And it has, and it has huge implications for landlords, but also for large businesses. Now, business is reacting. I've been doing this, uh, some work with a major Asian bank last year. They have 8 million square feet. And over the next five years, they'll downsize to four. That's yeah. a 50% reduction. If you look in the press this week, administrators have been appointed to a building in Canary Wharf. Who would have thought that? 
half of San Francisco's offices are empty. So if you're in the, the property game, uh, you're facing this perfect storm of this uh, huge deluge of vacancy, coping with hybrid. You know, many facilities managers now are saying, how can I run a building for three days a week? I don't know whether it's hit sort of Ireland just yet. It certainly hadn't when Belfast and I was there yesterday about uh, they're talking about people working on a twat basis. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. How does that work if you're a boss, if you're a landlord, if you've got all these buildings? And as you said in, earlier with Dan O'Brien, interest rates have gone up. So all of these buildings are highly leveraged. So you have vacancy and you have interest rates. And then the other thing which people are really taking to heart now is the built environment and energy efficiency of what I call these gas guzzlers of office buildings. You know, and we as an industry have got to accept that we're still stuck in analog, whereas the economy and business and people are steaming ahead in, into a digital world. And, and Chris, if we can think beyond that, so if we agree and accept that you talked about that Asian bank wanting 50% of its current square footage in the future, what happens to the other 50% in your view? Ah, uh, uh, taking the... You, um, so you better send me a check and I'll give you the answer to that. I don't anyone knows, frankly, at the moment. And that's where, you know, both uh, government, the public bodies, landlords and business need to sit down and have a very serious talk because only some buildings can be changed to residential. Like, for example, in Manhattan, the, a significant portion of the office buildings there for look about 20, 30 percent are being changed to residential because if they don't by 2030 the uh, and can i ask you then t on a technical yeah. question what's what makes them not suitable for residential um, many of these buildings um, have been built with enormous floor plates so when people they like to have a bit of light and they might like to open a window and buildings are sealed so we have to rethink our industry we have to become much more customer focused we have to learn what customers need and we have to be able to use office in a very different way uh, to just putting rows and rows of desks and treating them as if they were uh, factory production lines the office work has, a, the, has reached the end of an era and we're in the midst of reinventing the, the entire Model. And that means the real estate industry needs to stay, smell the coffee and work with its customers. I think uh, they still have a whole heap of beholding tenants because that game is over. Um, what do you see then as the, I suppose, the short term things where companies are reacting, Chris, in terms yeah. of what kind of things are you seeing uh, that, mean, uh, that give you hope? Well, I, I'm seeing a lot of, um, you know, whether it's the the poster kit technology organizations, which most people look to, but also some large manufacturing. I never thought my wildest dreams that you'd see some really traditional big car manufacturing companies and engineering companies saying that, oh, people work in the office, you um, you can all work on a hybrid basis. Uh, basis. Uh, even the BBC, you know, 80% of its people not involved in production can now work hybrid. Yeah. I don't know what's like at news. So it's it's very different, and you're you're seeing potentially also a rebalancing, like particularly in Ireland, a rebalancing away from the concentration of everybody having to come to Dublin for opportunity. And you see lots of folk, you know, maybe coming up maybe a day or two a week or whatever. And that's going to be the the pattern. I think you're going to see a blended 
range of work permutations. There, there are other positives, like what could it do to enhance diversity in the workplace? There's a lad who works with us here called Steve Daunt. He researches on this show uh, and he has mobility impairments and he yes. finds that working from home is much physically way less stressful. So things like that are kind of good news, aren't they? Abs- absolutely. And that's one of the great example of the law of unintended consequences that many people like, you know, uh, who were in a wheelchair or whatever uh, um, uh, disability uh, have, didn't have opportunity like they have now, uh, and and we need to you know to understand that and you know make me, sort of make use of the these very talented people who were in the past um, excluded from opportunity. Right. Okay. So the book is out. The second. How's it been going? Are sales good? I presume a lot of people wanted to go back to it and saying as you came out with this prediction uh, from the during the pandemic that what's coming yeah. next. Uh, well, we've had uh, sixteen interviews across all radio stations across Britain, and people are really asking, as you said, uh, you know, hey, dude, where is my office, and <laughs> what are my options, and. Um, you know, it's uh, where'smyoffice.com and uh, let's have a proper debate about making smarter, better use of the built environment, one that's much more human centric. Okay, well, Chris, I'll keep in touch with you because it's a subject that I'm absolutely fascinated by, particularly, you know, in in terms of what's going to happen, all this this business, this office market, and as we change, how society is going to change with it. So Chris Kane, author of Where's My Office, thanks for joining us here today. Good luck. Thank you. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.